Girls In podcast series, where we bring you inspiring conversations and ideas from the world of startups and founders all across the world. Today, we're actually talking to an individual who actually featured on another podcast that I used to work on, which was uh, the Lawyer Fair podcast, and since then has actually grown significantly. She's won awards and been in spotlight for her work with Made With Glove. So she's a public speaker, writer, founder, and exploring the world of wearable tech. So I don't know whether I've missed a few things off that list, but today we welcome to the show founder of Made With Glove, Michelle Hua. Welcome, Michelle. How are you? Good. Thank you, Polly. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, thanks. I mean, before we start this conversation, I realise it's been a good year and a half since we've kind of, kind of caught up. So, I mean, since we last spoke, which is probably a year or so ago, what's changed in the past year with Made With Glove and, and everything else you're doing? What's kind of been your mil- milestones and highlights? Oh, gosh, there's, there's been loads. Um, <laughs> in my journey of starting Made With Glove, um, I had an idea that, um, well, it was only because I, I was so lonely working as a sole female founder and I had an idea that I wanted more women in wearables nice. um, to come and join me on the journey. So I met another woman in wearable tech called Maria Budkovich, and we started an organization called Women of Wearables, and it's WOW for short. Um, so in the last year, we've been building that organization while I've been working on Made With Glove. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a glutton for punishment. <laughs> so what is Women of Wearables all about? I assume that's about the wearable technology and female founders. Is that right? Yes, that's right. Basically, in a nutshell, what we do is we inspire, support and connect women in wearables, in fashion tech, IoT and AR and VR. Um, and that was just out of my own um, challenges again. <laughs> um, so we decided to get a whole group of women together, started in the UK, but it has grown globally oh, and we now have about um, 8,000 members. In our oh, community. wow. Wow. Well done, Michelle. That's yeah. Really <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was definitely a milestone in your past year. That's really good. Um, so yeah. what, um, in terms of kind of wearable tech, for those who are listening, uh, why is it, I suppose, groundbreaking technology and what makes it different? So wearable tech is the embedding of sensors and electronics into clothing and accessories. And the best examples I can give are the Google Glass, the smartwatches and the fitness trackers. But these are hardware products. Um, Wearable tech is a very new and unique industry um, and it requires a range of diverse skills to develop this one product. Um, But because my heater glove is not a hardware product as most wearable tech products are, And the challenge is in building a team with a diverse range of skills who can all communicate and understand each other's technical challenges. And so I'm really, I'm developing a a smart and technical garment that requires technical skills, which is really not easy to come by in the UK. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely not. I mean, what was, what made you think of Made With Glove? What was the idea, that kind of aha moment, which was like, okay, I need to make this. And so it again, it came out of my own challenges. Um, I was on a holiday um, to Prague, and it was minus twenty-one degrees. Oh, 
Wow. Um, I, I come from Australia, so um, <laughs> I know what it's like in 45 degrees, but I didn't, I, I didn't know what it was like less than five degrees. So yeah. <laughs> it was a shock to the system. I saw minus 21. I had to rub my eyes and think, <laughs> what is that? Like, I don't even know what, what that feels wow. like. Um, so I, I booked a, um, I, well, I pre-booked and pre-paid a six-hour walking tour. Right. <laughs> and um, two, uh, yeah, two hours into the walking tour, I couldn't feel my hands or my feet from the cold. So um, I had these disposable hand warmers, but because I had my gloves on, I couldn't feel the warmth from the hand warmers. Ah, okay. So, yeah, so in sheer moment of desperation for fear of my hands falling off, um, I put my hand warmers inside my gloves. And I felt immediate relief. <laughs> um, so when I returned to the UK, I researched, you know, and when I say research, I googled yep. um, fashionable heated gloves for women. Right, okay. And all, all I could find were big, bulky, black heated gloves for men or for skiers in the snow. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it wasn't until two years later that I actually resigned from my job. Um, I was a solicitor working um, remotely in the UK. Um, my team was in Australia and um, I entered and won a wearable tech hackathon. Oh, amazing. And then, oh, very cool. Yeah, so I decided this was going to be my new career. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. It's such a simple idea. I mean, in terms of like other cool wearable tech that you know about as well, what else kind of stands out at the moment, the kind of the connections that you have, especially with the kind of group that you've started in the organisation? Yeah, so what we've seen, um, well, because there have been lots of hardware products out there, um, yeah. you know, as I mentioned, the digital arts and fitness trackers and smartwatches, I've met a lot of women who are building um, products for women. So, for example, you know, fashion tech products. So Maria, my co-founder, um, she designed with her team a smart umbrella. Ah, cool. Okay. And it's, it's an umbrella that you cannot lose because it notifies you when you've left it behind. Oh, amazing. And so useful. I yes, I experienced um, a, 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 this challenge where I was in Melbourne and I had this beautiful Burberry umbrella and I left it behind and obviously oh, 15 great. minutes later I came back and it was gone. So Burberry umbrella. Yeah, so that and um, they've got beautiful um, fashionable umbrellas as well um, there's other products for women as well like femtech products um, in the digital health space because a woman's body is extremely complicated yeah um, and there's lots of data that we can collect from that so um, we're actually in the middle of organizing a femtech event where there are digital health products specifically for women Amazing. It's, it's so interesting, like the world of wearable tech. I mean, I didn't come across it until we actually did our, our podcast on Lawyer Fair with you. And then Andrew was kind of talking oh, about okay. it with me. And I was just like, it's like a whole nother world of what potentially we can do with technology. And uh, like, I've only ever seen it in the cycling industry, like the idea of wearable tech. Is that something that's that, brand um, at the moment? Or? Is that for garments? Or yeah, or like garments, etc. Of course, yes. So um, Polo Ralph Lauren designed um, one of the first um, fitness garments out there that measures your biometric data. Amazing. Um, and one of yeah, and one of our wow women um, actually worked on that 
garments. So um, just hearing her story and how she developed it and all the challenges that they faced. And she was one of a team of very many um, working mm. on it. Um, there's also um, Victoria Secret who worked on um, a smart bra as well. Oh, wow, okay. What does that consist so, yeah, of bra? Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's measuring the biometrics because oh, okay. it, it, yeah, so it can, um, so it's so close to the body right. um, and, it, and it's right close to the heart as well. So um, they designed a smart bra and there's lots of smart bras out there now. Um, Victoria's yeah. Secret was one of the first. Oh, so um, and you, yeah, you're looking mainly in the health and sportswear market because yeah. that's, that's where, where it started with the measuring of the yeah. data. Yeah, definitely. I suppose I, I think like in the football industry and I think um, within rugby, I think they were the, one of the first sports in the world to actually have uh, kind of this technology within the clothing that these sports people are wearing. And then they yeah. kind of after each training practice, they'll take in the data that they've had from that session. Yeah. Um, but yeah, really interesting kind of how it's developed. So I'm hoping Made With Glove goes even bigger. Have you got any kind of exciting plans for the rest of this year or anything coming up? Yeah. Yeah, so while I was working on Winner of Wearables, um, my prototype was actually being made in Silicon Valley. Um, wow. So I had a technical, yeah, I had a technical team working on it. So I, I didn't really have to do much, obviously, because <laughs> that's not my role. So I had a bit of time to work on Women of Wearables um, oh, while my team was working on the technical side. So it's come back from Silicon Valley and um, it was really, it's, it's really, it's so nice to see that you've got an idea and you're teasing it out with someone and then they they do it and it, they send it back to you and it, it worked or, you know and you discuss it and and it's there and it was a surreal moment because I thought it's getting real and it's quite scary it's scary and exciting at the same time so exactly. there's still more work to do we're building on the third prototype but um yeah it's exciting so I assume you haven't gone to market with it yet or you have with a different version you're improving on it or yeah so there needs to be many iterations when you're dealing Got with it. product development um obviously I didn't realize this when I first started but um <laughs> there was a very very steep learning curve that um I heard that it takes 10 years to become an overnight success <laughs> um but you know it's it, it's been like two years and I still it's gone by so fast but yeah um I've learned so much in the process um so I'm really looking forward to seeing what will happen in the next year or so yeah, um, <laughs> and seeing how many, yeah, how many iterations we can make and you know talking to the users and coming back and just you know I'm not trying to make something perfect but I'm just trying to make something usable because if when you're researching you go down a path but then you know the more you find out the more um, iterations you have to make so yeah, I think that's like I think that's the mantra of all startups isn't it you keep looking, yeah, researching and you're like oh let me just tweak yeah. this let me just tweak this so yeah, yeah. Um, like obviously your your background was originally legal kind of the legal industry and that's quite a kind of uh, I suppose a profession as everyone says like legal or a doctor I mean what made you make the transition to working with a startup and starting your own business um I was working remotely for the Western Australian government um, from the UK um, and I did that for a year. Um, my boss let me leave for a year um, and I stretched it out to two years <laughs> because I really enjoyed being over here. Yeah, and then, and then the time came when she said, okay, I, I can't let you stay there forever. You have to make the decision to come back or um, stay there and, and that was my, that was my the catalyst 
really yeah. was I didn't want to go back I wasn't ready to go back to Australia yeah um, and then my glove idea was sort of picking up and Great. yeah I just I just made that choice yeah, that's really good uh, I mean mm. in terms of kind of working in a start what's been your biggest challenges would you say and um, the biggest challenge is in finding a team um, to work with because it's such a new product it's not one of those products that's been out in the market and you know you enter it and you've got the people to work with you yeah. um, I know that in any in any company it's hard to find and recruit staff but in this situation I've got um, <laughs> I've got lots of different bits to the product all rolled into one Oh. So, you know, I need a textiles engineer, I need a software engineer, I need an electronics engineer. Niche sort of experience, yeah. I suppose. Yes, very niche. And I'm I'm not finding it in the UK unfortunately, but I've had to look elsewhere. Um and there are pockets um of people out there. So and the great thing about the internet is, you know, you can reach anyone. Like you're exactly. I, I assume you're down in London. Yeah, I'm down um, in London, yeah. Yeah, and I'm in Manchester, so, you know, we, we're able to connect. Um, the second biggest challenge in, is funding. Right. Um, finding funding for um, a, an innovative startup is always a big challenge as well. Exactly. Um, it's, yeah. it's what keeps you up at night, isn't it? <laughs> like, yes. Yes. Am I going to be funding? Am I going to be here next year? Like. Yeah. Or tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, it's that adds to the whole roller coaster of a startup. It's far more kind of exciting than, say, a corporate world where you're kind of, I suppose you're just happily going along. I mean, that's what I personally found. And then in the startup world, you're just kind of like, every day is different. What's gonna, what's yeah. tomorrow gonna throw at me? Just on the point of what you kind of mentioned about the talent here in the UK do you think that there's a lack of kind of I suppose education at a young age that they can do this sort of learn this technology at a young age or what why is it that you think you have to kind of go I suppose other countries have got the talent already there what, what do you think the UK is lacking um well I certainly think they're lacking the opportunities yeah um for the students to learn because technology is moving so fast and for it to trickle into the education system, then they need to teach the teachers, and then the teachers have to be confident to teach the students. Yeah, yeah, it's very true. So, um, and because we're at a pinnacle moment, because uh, I don't know how old you are, but I'm cert I certainly didn't grow up with technology. I had to learn it. Yeah. Kids, kids now are, are growing up with technology, and the teachers, you know, similar to me, we have to learn it and then teach it whereas the students nowadays they they already know it <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah so yeah so I think that's a difficulty I'm going into schools and teaching them about wearable tech and what's out there um, and they're learning so quickly because I deliver my wearable tech workshops yeah. um, I thought teaching them circuitry and electronics would be difficult but what I found difficult is teaching them how to sew <laughs> which yes which is what I learned when I was growing up wow what a complete like flip yes. <laughs> the kids know how to kind of do circuits and electronics it's amazing yes yes they pick that up very quickly it's teaching them how to sew you know doing the needlework I had um, one mother um, actually ask me why her child needed to learn how to sew <laughs> <laughs> and I thought Mm, okay 
Right, that's interesting. I suppose there's that's probably a, there's, there's probably a startup out there that where you can anything that needs sewing, you just send it to them and they'll send it off to someone. So yeah. <laughs> Which makes me really sad because, you know, that's something that I grew up doing. You know, I learned how to sew very, very quickly and early on um, growing up. And, and it's, yeah, it's interesting to see where parents' mindsets are. It's, it's in technology, which is fine, but I think there needs to be a balance. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think kids do need to sometimes jump out of the phone a little bit, out of the iPad. I mean, I have a younger brother and yeah. sister and they're so in tune with technology, but actually... I mean, when I say technology, it's not necessarily coding or or actually from my experience, I wouldn't say they would know how to like put a circuit together or really deep into electronics. It is the world of social media that they're hands on mm. with. So maybe there's that whole I- idea that, OK, they have the skills, but maybe they need that next level of skills to create the talent, which we should have here in the UK as well. So that startups like yeah. yourself can access mm. them straight away. But I mean, it's exciting. I mean, a, a kid kind of doing one of your workshops I mean that opens their minds so much which I mean I never had that oh. when I was younger so I'm sure there's lots exactly. of young children who are absorbed in the world of wearable tech but I'm sure they've got ideas themselves and gives them confidence that they can do it as well really oh for sure I ran um, a workshop with Cisco um, during their work experience program it was a week work experience when I kicked it off with my uh, with a talk that I did about my journey and then um, got them to create some wearable tech bracelets and they really enjoyed it because it was a group of girls who you know inquisitive about technology they don't realize that they use technology every day um, but just teaching them about electronics and they were great with the electronics and then they yeah. got to decorate and use their creative side yeah. and they, they all really enjoyed it and it was really nice to see them um, succeed in making everything and they, they wanted to then explore further you know, what else can we do yeah it's, re- it's really yeah. exciting even yeah. to hear that 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 there that that's the kind of mentality that they're absorbed in the world of technology they enjoy doing it and I think that's half yes. the struggle sometimes as long as they enjoy it and they're they're challenged yes themselves and they're kind of halfway there to succeed in whatever they want to do really so that's really positive yeah. I mean just yeah. and, the, they had the yeah, de- and they just had the determination that they it had to work and they wanted it finished in that time frame and it was really nice to see <laughs> I think that's more of a female thing isn't it <laughs> we must yes. It oh, yes. <laughs> I mean just on kind yeah. of female founders and um that whole idea do you think there could be more done to have female founders in the startup world because I was reading a statistic that there's kind of I think it's only 14 percent of founders in the world are female so what's your opinion on that I suppose? What I'd love to see more female founders and more support for um, female founders and most of them are sole female founders which is even harder for them and it's quite interesting because I I was told to get a white male and to join my team (laughs) what yeah just yeah um and I thought okay well um I'd like people to join my team whether or not they're white and male (laughs) is beside the point if they happen to be white and male um that's fine but someone specifically told me to hire a white male on my team to help me with my did they uh, say that that would give you more success or yes of course wow oh my god yeah which which is a real shame um, wow, surreal so, day and age you hear that <laughs> yeah but everyone that I've worked with in my team have been female 
um, because of the skills. I, I don't discriminate, it's just they so happen to be female yeah. and, and they want to work with me because I'm building a product specifically for females. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I suppose, and well, who better has an insight than kind of a female person? So <laughs> that's always a plus on yeah. that. And that's yeah. really interesting. I can't, I can't believe I'm still in, in a bit of shock that someone actually would have said that. Um, it's interesting though, because one of the other uh, podcast guests actually mentioned that she created, she worked in the world of Google and then started her own uh, design company, which is doing really well at the moment. But she said that something quite similar actually, she was told that she should uh, hire a white male if she could um but if yeah but then when she actually did the interviews it was only females that actually showed up and were really good at what they were offering so it's just it's crazy that they think that that is what will give you success um but yeah I suppose. it's interesting yeah it's interesting because I when I speak to um female founders and and females in high level positions um and look at their team uh, usually, if they're the ones doing the interviewing, yeah, they usually they usually have a high rate of females applying. Yeah, that's true, actually. Yeah, yeah. And then go on to hire, um, because people do tend to hire people who like them. Yeah. That's so for a better kind of work relationship as well, I suppose. Probably. Yeah. So if we have more female founders in the tech industry, there could be more female. Um, employees and technical people because you know you, you seek a common ground don't you not yeah. only just being female but just in the way you work yeah it's true I don't know it's interesting yeah definitely I mean to say the least I think the work that you're doing kind of going into schools which I didn't realize and doing these workshops I think like mm. that's huge I mean that's I'd love to like every school to have that um and kind of the whole idea around girls in is that the schools in kind of remote countries and villages that they can one day kind of have access to these sort of workshops open their mind a little more and and move away from that stereotypical path that they've got to go down really so yeah, yeah. It's exciting I mean I hope we see more female founders I've my past kind of five years working is being in the world I've been surrounded by kind of I suppose the white males if you want to put it that way yeah um, so I've mm-hmm. I've never had a female boss either um so yeah it's it's interesting that, that that sort of opinion is still out there especially within was that an opinion in the UK or was it outside of yeah. the wow no no it was definitely definitely in the UK yeah <laughs> um which yeah I was okay I, I it didn't surprise me because yeah. um I looked around and saw a lot of you know white males in tech companies so and then when I pitch um I pitched to white males and yeah you know that it it didn't surprise me really yeah. but um going on to your, um yeah to girls to reaching girls globally I've decided to put my workshops online now ah great only, very exciting only yeah only because um I've been contacted by women and girls from all over the world saying we'd love to take you know take part in the workshops how can we do that um I've been running some one-on-one Skype sessions which have been which I don't generally tend to do but when they say please we really want to (laughs) I can't say no I can't say no to when people want to learn because they're already halfway there if they want to learn exactly yeah yeah 100% well good for you Michelle I mean that's great (laughs) 
you're, you're, you're going for it and doing the kind of virtual the virtual world yes. of learning I love it that's, that's the way mm. it should be I mean yeah thank you for your time anyway I think our last question that we ask all our guests is if you could give your younger self any advice what would it be um I would say don't believe it when they tell you you can't do it <laughs> um just do it anyway and if if they say you can't do it ask them why and yeah. then try and prove them wrong it might take you a while but that's okay <laughs> patience is a virtue as long as you prove them wrong that's the main thing exactly <laughs> great thank you so yeah. much michelle um really good thank you, Polly. talking to you um and i wish you all the best and made with glove i've got full confidence that it's going to go global oh. so yeah <laughs> great stuff thank you